Have a good night. See you all later. Uh, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at a pretty familiar scripture tonight. Uh, if you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 8. If you got a good Bible, it's going to be on page 785. Well, they'll get saved in the back row too, won't they? Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. And it says, A large crowd followed Jesus as he came down, uh, came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, uh, you can make me clean. You can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus uh, reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the man with lep or the man, and instantly the leprosy disappeared. And Jesus said to him, "Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along with you an offering required by the law of Moses, for those have been healed, or for you have been healed of leprosy." This will be the public testimony that you have been cleaned. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for um, how it empowers us, how it leads us, how it guides us. Lord, I ask now that you would touch our hearts, that you would talk to us, that we would open ourselves up to you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Tonight I want to talk about this idea of Jesus and the man, the man with leprosy. And the man with leprosy thought he had a sickness and Jesus saw his real sickness. That they both agreed that there was a sickness, but one was a spiritual one while the other was a physical one. And that he walked around with a physical sign of ailment. He walked around with a representation of an ailment with leprosy. And I'm gonna talk about what leprosy is and because in order to understand this story, you have to understand some context behind it. You see, in Matthew chapters five through seven, Jesus gives the greatest sermon that we know is the Sermon on the Mount. And it's a time when Jesus talks about how to ask God or how to ask the divine to enter into our daily lives. How to ask God himself to come down from heaven to stoop down and walk into our daily lives and what life would look like if the divine stepped into our lives. What our lives would look like, how different they would be if God stepped into our lives. And in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, we learn about Jesus' prophecy, we learn about his promises, we learn about his principles, and we learn about his teachings. But in Matthew chapter 8, we're going to learn about his power and his authority. In Matthew chapter 8, we're going to learn... Um, that he is a, a king of action, that he is a king of movement, that he not only proclaims the word of God, he not only dictates the word of God, but he moves on our behalf. Matthew records this, um, he records this as the first miracle that happens. John records the, the wedding at Canaan, but Matthew records this one. Because in order to understand Matthew's perspective of the gospel, he wants you to understand what their cancer of the day was. They want, he wants you to understand that when you read this book, this God, this, this Messiah, this Christ, when he comes into our lives, he can take care of the worst of the worst situations. He can take care of the darkest moments in our lives, and he can step in and intervene on our behalf, and he can heal that. And so if he can do that great act or that great wonder in our lives, can't he do anything else for us? And if he does it for one of his kids, won't he do it for any of his kids? And so Matthew begins and he talks and he begins to tell the story of this man with leprosy. Jesus is going to show him that he has authority and power to fulfill the word of God. That not only does he speak it, but he is moved by it. Uh, Mark talks about how he moved with compassion when he saw the injured. He moved with compassion when he saw those in pain. He moved with compassion when he saw their agony. He saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd and he moved on their behalf. He does this thing in scripture where anytime he sees, anytime he peeks down into our lives, he moves on our behalf. 
When we can't get to the end, when we don't think we can make the next step, he moves on our behalf. We have a God, and if we, if we took the time to go through this room, each one of us would have a story when I was at the end of my rope and I had nothing else to do where God moved on my behalf. I didn't have enough money in the bank, but we moved, God moved on my behalf. My son or my daughter was lost. They were away from the Lord, and God moved on my behalf, and that's the God we serve. And as Matthew introduces Jesus to the first writers and readers of this scripture, he tells them that there is a God who moves on their behalf. He tells them that there's a God, that a divine God that steps down into humans' lives because he cares so much about us. And he begins, and this story, the introduction of this story, we meet a man who has an uncurable disease. We meet a man who has an unclean body, and we meet a man who will die without an untold story. His story will never be told. What he had done prior to this moment, he would die if Jesus didn't step in. And now Matthew wrote this in his in story about the miraculous power of a living God stepping into his life. And now his untold story is told around the world. The gospel message of this man and meeting Jesus is told around the world. And it's not so far off from where we are. That story is a symbol of who we are. That in there's 61 things that the Jews, that the Torah records as making you unclean. Death is the number one. If you're around somebody that's dead, it's unclean. Second is leprosy. There's other things that go on. There's other events that go on that would make you unclean, but it is not, um, it is not those things that make you unclean. The lepers were forced to live apart. They were forced to live in isolation. They were uh, left by themselves. Leprosy is a disfigurement of the skin or the bones. Leprosy twists the limbs. It creates a curling of your fingers that would eventually rip off your fingers and then you would just be left with a club. Uh, we still have leprosy today. It's called Hanes disease, Hannon's disease, and it still exists to this day. Uh, leprosy does this thing where it causes your face to thicken like a lion with bumps all over. It thickens the outer eyes and ears and collapses your nose. First thing is it disfigures your bones and your body. It distorts the way that the world will view you. Sin will distort the way that the world views you. Leprosy distorts the way that the world views you based on the physical ailments that you have. The second is, is it twists the limbs. It curls the fingers, uh, creating a claw, eventually turning it into a club. It stops you from reaching out. Sin will stop you from reaching out. Sin will stop you from pushing forward. Sin will, sin will stop you. It'll stop your praise. Like, if you ever see somebody that just came back to church, like, their praise is, like, hands real low. Like, I don't want you to see that I'm reaching out to God, but, like, if you could come in, like, right through here, that'd be cool. <laughs> like, if you could just enter into this moment, that would be great. And then you see the people that know where they've been, and they're running up on the ceiling. They're like, yes, I know. It'll stop you from reaching out. It'll stop you. When you sin, it stops you from reaching out to God. It secludes you. It isolates you. It'll stop you from reaching out to what God has for you. The next one is the facial. It thickens the outer eyes, the ears. They collapse in on themselves. They get hard. It will distort the way that you view the world. Sin will distort the way that you view the world. If you want to believe that everything in the world is bad, if you want to believe that everything in the world is evil, sin will do that for you. Somebody lies to you, all people are liars. Somebody, a man or a woman cheats on you, all men are cheaters, all women are cheaters. And we view the world like that. We view the world through the lens of the pain that we're living in, and sin will do the same thing to us. It will stop us from viewing the world because of the way that the world views us. And so we're walking in a calling that isn't ours because we're walking in sin that isn't ours. Leprosy is known to kill the central nervous system. It deadens the system. It deadens your system, your central nervous system from the world that you live in. It stops you from feeling. It stops you from experiencing. So my question tonight, and I'm going to ask it four or five times, is what is my personal leprosy? 
What is my personal leprosy? What is my personal sin? What is my personal cancer? What is the thing that stops me from experiencing the world? What is the thing that stops me from reaching out to God? And what is the thing that stops me from seeing the good in people? Because if you answer that question, you walk differently. You walk differently. You act differently. You respond differently to what the call of God is on your life because you see the way that God sees you. You see his creation the way that God sees you. And you walk and you reach out because reaching out doesn't hurt as much. And so we have this story where we're introduced to a man with leprosy. And the Levitical law uh, teaches that leprosy... uh, Leprosy first starts internally, and then it spreads externally. Sin starts internally, and it spreads externally. Uh, Leprosy at first is extremely painful. It's extremely painful, but it gets so painful that it eventually creates numbness. It stops you from feeling Like sin, it begins beneath the skin, and it'll spread through the entirety of the body. There's stories that are told of lepers when they would fall asleep at night that rats would come and eat their flesh, and they would wake up in the morning, and their limbs would be gone. That's physical. There's a spiritual principle there. There's a spiritual principle there that it's come into our lives internally and it's worked itself out through our limbs. It's worked itself out where they wouldn't even know that their limbs were being torn off from them while they rested. That they would be sitting there, they'd be sleeping at night after the day was over and their limbs, they'd wake up the next day with no limbs because the rats had gotten to it. There's a spiritual man that that's happening to inside of us. When we walk around with sin, when we walk around doing things that we shouldn't do, when we walk around in the pain that we were never designed to carry, we were never designed to hold on to, there's a pain and there's a disease of leprosy in our lives. What's your personal leprosy? What's your personal thing that you're hiding? What's your personal thing that you're afraid to talk to God about? Um, Leprosy in in the day was a death sentence. It was a death sentence. If you got leprosy in that day, you're good as dead. Side an hour, you're out. You were banished from society. You were cut off from your friends, and you were isolated from your family. Not only did you have the pain that was in your body, not only were you losing your limbs physically, you also lost all friends, family, loved ones. You were in isolation. You were spread away from everybody else. Leprosy was a reminder to the nation of an outward, uh, invisible sign of their innermost spiritual decay or corruption. It was a reminder. It was an outside. No one wanted to be around the leprosy camp because it was a reminder that there is sin. It was a reminder that there's evil in the world. It was a reminder of all the terrible things in the world. And so nobody wanted to be around it. And so everyone stayed far enough away from it. They were also required anytime they would walk into anytime they would walk around to yell, I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm unclean. Failure to identify yourself would result in stoning. They were told to identify themselves as being unclean. And so not only did they start saying that out loud so much that they believed that there was nothing that could stop that from happening. There was nothing that could stop them from ever being clean again. Not only did they were dying from a physical death, they were dying from a spiritual one. They were told over and over, not by their friends. They had to proclaim it themselves. They had to proclaim over themselves, I'm unclean, I'm unworthy, I can't walk here, I can't go here. And people would run away to get far enough away from them where they wouldn't even be on the same road as them. The Jews of the day wrote, that the rabbis of the day, not even the Jews, not even the commoners, they wouldn't walk down, they wouldn't buy groceries or buy eggs or buy apples or whatever if a, if a leopard walked down that road. If they passed through the aisle one time, they wouldn't even go to buy a fruit off that stand. They wouldn't buy anything because they were that afraid of this disease that it would disconnect me. I would be isolated just like you. And so it created a gap between them. Some of the rabbis would carry stones with them. And any time a leper would come up, they would immediately start throwing and walking back. You would see the rabbis get away and they would just start throwing stones at them. 
because this disease was affecting their lives. It not only affected them spiritually, but it also affected them physically. It affected their minds. It affected everything about them. And so we come into this story where there's this guy who hears about Jesus. He hears about this rabbi. He hears about this guy who might be the Messiah. And I'd venture to say that some of us in this room tonight might be thinking, I know Jesus. I know him. But I haven't trusted him. I haven't given him this. I haven't trusted him with this. And like, if we could look into our spiritual selves right now, some of us are walking around with spiritual leprosy. Some of us are walking around not fulfilling our calling. Some of us are walking around dead on the inside and not living at all to what God has called us to do or where he's called us to go. And so this story of this guy is a story of a man coming to Jesus. It would create a gap between them. I laid out this line for you. This line is 50 feet long. And if you can imagine double this would be 100 feet. There we go. Have a good night. Um, There was a camp set up outside of the Israelites' tents of of their camp. And it was about 100 feet away. And so they would uh, get a basket together. They would get a basket together of food. Their loved ones would go get a basket of food together, and they would uh, journey out. And after they journeyed out the 100 feet, they would lay the food down at one end. And then they would come all the way back to the end. And they would stand 100 feet out, so it's like 25, 30 more feet further back. And they would wait to see their loved one pick up the basket for food because that's as close as they could get. There was a gap between them where like, I'll never be there and they'll never be here. There's something that stands in the way. There's a gap that stands in the way. And sin will do this. It'll leave us in the camp of leprosy be further than we can reach out. It'll stop us from moving. It'll stop us from going. I could never reach you. I could never be out there. And anytime they would get close enough, they would have to yell at the top of their lungs, I'm unclean. And they would stand 100 feet out. And they would just begin to proclaim, I'm unclean. And if their loved ones ever wanted to see them, they could see them from 100 feet away. They would never again feel touch. They would never again feel warmth. All they would ever feel is cold, decay. And that's all they would ever know for the rest of their lives. And so you have this man who breaks the barrier of 100 feet. You have a man who breaks the barrier, who says, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how it feels. I don't care if this gets me stoned. I know that there is a God I know that there's a Messiah. I know that there's this guy named Jesus and he does these wonders and he does these signs and if I can just get to him today, everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. And I think for some of us, we still think he's 100 feet out, that I could never reach him, that I could never go to him. When they would travel, they would travel with their hands in their arms so nobody could tell. So if they got close enough, they wouldn't, nobody would know. And they would hide their flesh and they would hide their skin and they would hide their disease. And we come into church the same way sometimes. We come into church the same way. We'll just, I just want to do my time. I want to do my penance. I want to walk in the door and just sit and observe and watch God heal everybody else. But I'll still sit here and be decayed. I'll still sit here and never feel the presence of God. I'll never feel the warm fire of the Shekinah glory of God in my life again. And we'll sit back and we'll believe that that's the way life is. And that's the way it'll always be. And you have this story of a man who wants so badly to see what God is capable of and what God will do in his life. Some leopards would die from a lonely heart. 
There was a study that was done by the European Society of Cardiology, and the study studied 1,400 people who suffered uh, from heart disease, abnormal heart rhythms, heart failure, or a a heart valve disease. And it was all related to a lonely heart. These people wanted two things. One, they wanted to be able to talk to somebody. And two, they wanted to be able to feel a person again. These people will commonly go get haircuts because they just want to be touched. These people will go into church groups and they'll sit and they'll shake hands because they just want to be touched. They just want to have an interaction. They just want to be loved and they want to be involved with somebody. These people would die from a lonely heart and there are so many here that will come into this place but they're a hundred feet away. They're coming to this place and they're a, it doesn't matter if you're a hundred feet away or you're a thousand miles away, you're still away. And we can walk into crowds of people and still feel isolated. And the sin of leprosy is the thought that you'll never escape, that you'll die here. And some of us can walk in that. And this man said, if anybody can do it, it's Jesus. You see, I went back and forth, and the leopard is talking, and he says, I went back and forth to the priest. When I first got diagnosed with leprosy, I went to the priest every week. After every seven days, I could go and get checked out by the priest, and the priest kept saying, it's getting worse. 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 And he got so hurt and so frustrated what we know about this guy is that his feet weren't completely taken off yet. We know about this guy that he was able to get to Jesus somehow, but he had to go alone. They had to go alone to get the presence. He had to go alone to find Jesus. And so what we know about him is that he made the journey. And as he made the journey, he just didn't want to be alone anymore. He just didn't want to be in isolation anymore. He wanted to be able to talk to somebody. He wanted to be able to feel the presence of somebody. He wanted to look into somebody's soul and into their eyes and say, they care about me. They love me. It's why we have greeters in church. It's why we have people that stand at the door and every single person that walks in gets greeted with a smile. They get greeted with a handshake. They get greeted with a, what up, what up? They get greeted with something. Whatever their lingo is, maybe a secret high five, maybe a chest bump, whatever it is, they get greeted. It's because they just need to connect. And our job as a church, our job as a people is to stop this gap from happening. Our job as a, as a church, as a capital C, Church of Jesus Christ, is to stop this gap from happening. Stop believing the lie of sin. Stop believing that the enemy is stronger. Stop believing that you don't matter. Stop believing that you're alone. Stop believing that you're doing life by yourself. Our job as believers, our job first and foremost as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ is to stop this gap. It's to stand in the middle of this gap and say, no, 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 come on. Come on, come on. You can get closer, I promise you. It's not gonna hurt. I know that you. I know that man has failed you. I know that family has failed you. But there's a God that stands at the end of this rope. If you trust me, we can pull you in. If you trust me, we can bring you closer to his heart. And if you begin to feel that for the first time, it's worth it. I promise you, I can't go there, it hurts. Yes, you can. Just hold on. Just hold on, stop the gap, get the gap from being away and just stand there and watch God do what only God does. And so you have this story of a man who is just trying to get close. And it says in verse two, it says, uh, suddenly the man with leprosy approached him and knelt before the L-O-R-D. He knelt before, he prostrated himself. Some say kneel, some say he laid down. I know some of you are thinking, is he standing up still? Uh, That's not the case. That's not the case. (laughs) What happens is, is he knelt down before the Lord and he could just lay down and he just feel his presence. 
he laid down, before he offered anything, before he asked anything, he just worshiped God. Before he could do anything at all, he just worshiped God. What are you saying, Zach? I'm saying that the release of your miracle, the release of you feeling once again, happens when we begin to prostrate ourselves and lay ourselves out before God and say, God, nothing else matters, but I recognize you as the Lord of my life. I recognize you. And if we begin to do this in our lives, there is this leprosy that begins to decay. Instead of it decaying us, it begins to fall back. It begins to retreat. It's like, oh, no. (laughs) How does decay fall away except in the presence of God? How does sickness fall away but in the presence of God? How does disease fall away but in the presence of God? If you and I can understand that it is first through our worship that uh, disease falls away. It is through worship that our sin falls away. It is through raising up and prostrating ourselves before the Lord that our sickness will fall away. And if not for us, then for others. If not for us, if other people will see it, if we bring people to church on Sunday and they're like, you had a terrible week. Yeah, but I know. I know. I know there is one that can take this away. I know that there's one that can, be, that can get rid of this pain I feel. I know that there's one that can take away this loneliness. I know that there's one that can speak into my life. And if I just get in his presence, my life will be changed. The things I came here with, I'm not leaving with. The things I came here with, I'm not leaving with. My question is, is what's my personal leprosy? My question is, is what's my personal leprosy? His question is, wasn't, he wasn't questioning if God was powerful enough. He was questioning if God was willing. At no time did he think, mm, I don't think he's powerful enough. He was asking if he was willing. He was asking if he was kind. The leper was sitting there and he was asking, are you good Are you willing? Are you kind? We shouldn't question the power of God ever, nor should we question his goodness ever. We shouldn't question what God is doing in our lives. We should just more embrace what he's about to do, walk in the faithfulness of God. It's, Lord, could you do this? Lord, would you do this? God, I'm just sitting here tonight, and it's a Wednesday night. It's a midweek service, and like you guys are the faithful few. You're the you braved the storm tonight. You came out on a Wednesday night because there's a hunger in you. There's a hunger in you, not only for yourselves, but when I go back to work tomorrow morning, I want to see what God is doing in the lives of those that are around me. So I come here to get refueled, recharged, because I need not only to walk as refreshed, I need to walk as redeemed. And when I walk as a redeemed person, I will walk in the power of God. (laughs) To be healed from leprosy is to be brought back to life. Matthew, when he brings this story to light, he brings the story to light in the fact that there is a God who brings resurrection power into our lives. He brings resurrection power into our lives. And when he brings resurrection power into our lives, if he can resuscitate the dead, he can resuscitate anything. If he can bring back leprosy, and I just told you all those things about leprosy. I told you about the sickness and how no one recovers. And if God can do that, He can surely act on my behalf. He can surely do that. What's my personal leprosy? The cry of a leopard. The cry of a leopard. What do I find so difficult to talk to God about? What are the things that I'm struggling to talk to God about? What do I find so reprehensible to even speak out loud? What are the things that I'm afraid to talk to? to God about? What are the things that I'm afraid to say out loud? A leper will stay in sickness. A leper will stay in disease because they won't talk about it. A leper will stay in sickness. A leper will stay in disease and sin because they won't bring it to God's presence. What if he doesn't heal it? What if he doesn't restore me? Both of them were looking at the sickness and the leper only saw his disease while Jesus saw his heart. 
Jesus was looking not just to heal his body, he was looking to save his soul because we don't live only for this life, we live for the age to come. We live to go where God has called us to go. We know he can help us. Um, Are you willing to help me, God? I'm so disgusting. God, are you willing to help me? I'm disgusting. I'm filthy. I'm evil. Leopards would stay away because of their smell and their disfigurement. Leopards would stay away because they smelled like a dead body. And they would walk. They said the reason that they kept them 100 feet away is because anything less you could smell their body. Anything less you could smell the decay. Anything less you could smell the disease. Anything less you could smell everything. And they stayed 100 feet away because at least 100 feet away you couldn't see how disfigured I was. They would stay wrapped and hidden because not only were they ashamed of how they looked for themselves, they were ashamed that if you saw them, what they would look like. They were ashamed. The leopard was saying, they're asking him, Jesus, does my sin gross you out? Does my disease gross you out? Have I eliminated myself from receiving the kindness or the goodness of God because of my sickness? Have I eliminated myself from getting a miracle in my life because of my disease? Have I eliminated myself from the goodness of God because of my sin? Leopards wouldn't go out to Jesus because they felt like they had to get everything under control. Sinners won't go to Jesus because I need to clean up my act before I go to Jesus. People won't come to church with you on Sunday because they need to get their life together first. And I'm telling you that he's not afraid of your disease. He's not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid of what you find to be so reprehensible. He's not afraid of sickness. He's not afraid of the things that have taken over your mind and your body and your soul. He's not afraid of that. He's looking to see if you'll come to him, though. He's looking to see if you'll receive what he has for you. The story goes on, and this man approaches Jesus, and as he approaches Jesus, he said, Lord, if you're willing, please heal. If you're willing, please heal. And Jesus does this thing where he, like, <laughs> where he reaches out, and the first response of the leopard is to look at the hand, but then he looks at his eyes. Wait, are you serious? Are you serious right now? He looks at his hand, and then they look eye to eye. Then they look soul to soul, and they connect soul to soul. They don't just connect. He doesn't look at his hand like, wait, you can't touch me. You'll get this. According to Levitical law, if he touches him, he's unclean, and he will spend, Jesus will spend the rest of his days in the camp with him. But this man looks at his hand, and then he sees his eyes, and he's like, You have to be willing if you've reached out to me. You know not to reach out to me. And he reaches out to him. And the power of the reach is what gives him life. The power of the reach, when it shoots out, when you extend that hand to somebody else, they'll look first at the hand, and then they'll look in your eyes and say, are you serious? What's about to happen? Some of us, the people in our life, need the power of that reach in our life. Some of us need to reach out to other people. And when they see the hand reach out to them, it's probably the first time that hand's reached out to them. For so long, they've lived like this. They've come through life. They've walked with their hands covered. They've walked with their lives covered up where they, it didn't matter. Nobody else mattered. I can't reach out because I don't want to get hurt again. I can't keep going because I don't want to get hurt again. And for the first time ever, somebody reaches out to him after they know his sickness, after they know his disease, and they reach out to him. And the first thing they do is they look at the action. And the second thing they do is they look at the motive. And so if your action doesn't line up with your motive, the power of the reach doesn't exist. But if you look at them with motive that are pure for their benefit and you see the motive in their eyes and you look into their soul and it's to resuscitate somebody that was dead, there is power in the reach. And some of us need to walk in that. 
Some of us have missed out so much on what God is doing in our lives because we're afraid to reach out. But I tell you this, that if you will begin to reach out, there are so many people's lives around you that you can stand and you can reach out to them. Come on. And you can pick them up because there's power to resuscitate. There's power to bring life back up. There's power in the reach. And if we begin to walk in the power of the reach, there is deliverance available to them. And you have it. As soon as Jesus comes into your life, you have it. You get it. And so Jesus looks at this man and he looks into his eyes and he reaches out to him for the first time ever. And this man looks into Jesus' eyes and he gets hope. Are you sure, God? Are you sure you can do this? I wouldn't reach out unless I was willing. I wouldn't reach out unless I could get into the mud with you. I wouldn't reach out unless I could go into that place with you. But because I can, because there is no sin, there is no disease, there is no decay that is more powerful than the blood, I can reach out. And if we walk like that in our lives, we will walk in the power and the anointing of what God has for us. There is a disease that is so, that doesn't even compare to the power of our God. Did Jesus have to touch the leopard? No, but the leper needed to be touched by him. But the leper needed to be touched by him. The leper needed that imprint. That leper needed to know what God was doing. And so did he have to touch him? No, but to show that he was willing to heal him, he reached out as well. There's a reach on both sides. There are people that are standing here like this and all they need is somebody to reach out so they can shed light, so they can tell their story, so they can be heard for the first time, so they don't walk around alone anymore. And then on our side, it's we have to be willing to reach out. We have to be willing to touch. We have to be willing to go to people's life who don't talk like us who don't act like us, who don't look like us, who don't smell like us, and reach out into their lives and see what God does. There is a power in the reach that, we, that we're not obtaining and that we're not getting close to because we're afraid. Anybody can criticize, but only a believer can move in compassion. I'm not to go in there. I'm not going to the food bank. They smell. I'm not going to be a greeter on Sunday morning. People come to church hungover. I don't want to get close to them. But when you can look at somebody in the eyes and you can reach out to them for the first time and they see life in your eyes and they think, I can get that if I just get close to his presence. If I get close to worshiping God, I can get close to his presence. What is my personal leprosy that stops me from living where God has called me to live? That leper then reached out to Jesus, and as he reached out to Jesus, commentaries say different things. Some commentaries say he was healed before he even reached out. He was healed as soon. The action was already emotion. It's why we walk in victory. It's why we walk in constant proclamation. It's why we walk in the promises. It's why when I say something, I walk in life, not in death. I walk in power, not in weakness. It's why we constantly have to be in charge of our tongue. It's why we have to constantly be in charge of our mind. And if you want a renewed mind, read the word. If you want a renewed spirit, read the word. It's the only thing that can breathe life. I'm struggling right now, Zach. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to breathe. I don't know what the next step looks like. Get into the word. Where do I start? Anywhere. Anywhere. Start in Genesis. Don't start in Revelations. Start anywhere. <laughs> start anywhere. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go first three chapters. After that, talk to Pastor Ed. Uh, go anywhere. Go anywhere. Just get in there. It's, it's not comfortable. I'm not seeing the results right away. You're not seeing the results right away. But what's going to happen is, is like two weeks from now, instead of cussing at the person that cut you off in traffic or who offended you at the bus, you're going to be like, bless you. Bless you, my child. Bless you and bless you. And you're going to be like, wait, where'd that come from? Where'd that come That's not me. That's not me who said that. I got a couple other things I'd like to say. And you'll sit there and you'll think, Man, maybe this thing's getting in me. And then you'll say, maybe I should read a little more. Maybe I should get involved a little more. Maybe I should study a little more. When you start walking in the power of his spirit, it will give you faith for today. And it will give you hope for tomorrow.
It'll give you faith for today. It'll be like, all right, I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but I know that God told me to step here. And I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but I know he told me to step here. And he told me to step here. And he told me to step here. And then you're seven days out, and you're like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep taking step by step because I have faith for today. And that's all I need faith for is today because my hope will come because I know that there's faith for today. My hope will come because he is faithful, that his presence goes far and beyond anything that we could ask for or hope for. And so Jesus does this thing where he tells him to go to the priest. I've been to the priest before. I've been to the priest before. And I can't keep going back to the priest. And Jesus says, go to the priest to fulfill the law of Moses. And what the priest will do in this time is he'll look at, the, he'll look at him, the leper, and he'll say to him, you're clean. You're clean. And today that's available to you. Today that's available to you. And what will happen is, is the priest will take two birds and he'll take those two birds and he'll kill one bird And he'll take the blood from that one bird and he'll throw it on the other bird. And then the rabbi will take oil and he'll throw the oil over top of that bird, the other the bird. So it's sealed with both blood and oil, symbolizing the power of the blood and the saving power of the anointing. That not only is there a God that wants to save you and heal you, there is a God that wants to allow the power of God to live you and the sustaining power of what Jesus is gonna do. There's a God that wants to do both things to you and for you. There's a God that wants to do miracles and signs and wonders in your life. And if you will allow God's power to, the blood to run over you and the anointing to then seal it for you because he not only gives us power for today, he gives us provision for tomorrow. And so, the, so he looks out at him, and he goes to the priest, and as he gets to the priest, the priest says, you're clean. And so then he will then say, I am clean. You see, for years I thought I couldn't be clean. For years I was told I'll be filthy, I'll be evil, there will be nothing more to me. And for years and years I stood at the other end. And now I can say I'm clean. Now I can say I'm whole. Now I can say I'm complete. And if we'll sit there and we'll understand what God is doing in our lives, we'll sit there and we'll walk differently. And for the first time ever, this man with leprosy who had told he was going to die with leprosy finds out he's clean. And Jesus says, don't go to anybody, but let the testimony of the priest declare that you are clean. And tonight, some of us need to know that we don't need to be out on the rooftop shouting, I'm clean, I'm clean. What we need to do is start living according to the word, and those will recognize that we are clean. And the question that this, this guy has for Jesus is, I know you're good, but are you safe? I know you're a good God, but are you a safe God? And I think some of us are so worried about getting clean because we're worried about not being safe. Some of us are so worried about not getting clean because we're worried about what holistic life looks like. Some of us are so worried about getting clean. If I give my life over to God, that means I have to lose a couple friends. That means I have to lose a couple peers. That means I have to lose things in my life. And I want to remind you that he is a good God. He's a good God. And he's not safe, but he's good. He'll take you outside of your comfort zone. He'll take you right to the edge of your breaking point, and then he'll fill you in. He'll stretch you, and he'll say, I am good, and my goodness prevails, and you can walk in cleanliness. You can walk in the power of my blood, and you can walk in the power of my authority. And so my question tonight is, will you trust him to save you? Will you trust him to redeem you? Will you trust him to take your personal leprosy, to take your sin, to take your evil, to take your sickness and say, God, have it all. Will you take it tonight and say, God, take this from me so I can walk out of this place differently, so I can go to my friends tomorrow and they can look at me and they say, they're clean. 
They're clean. They're whole. They're made right in God's eyes. Will you stand with me tonight? Lord, we believe that you are good. We believe that you are able. We believe that you are called according to, that you have called us according to your purpose and your riches through Christ Jesus. Lord, and tonight we take this moment to look into your eyes, to look at your hand over our lives and say, God, would you take this disease? Will you take this sickness? Will you take it from me tonight? And will you have my life? For you are good. You are good, Jesus. You are good, Father God, and there is none but you. Lord, I give you this moment. Will you lift up your hands? Will you sing out with me this song of a God who cleanses us, who heals us, who redeems us? Lord Jesus, will you have this moment? God Almighty Jesus, we love you. We give you all praise and honor, Make Jesus. Worthy. Lord Jesus, have this moment tonight, Lord. Lord, if you've come tonight and you need healing, if you've come tonight with the sickness, if you've come tonight with disease, would you come to these altars and let us pray together as a family, as a believer? We would love to pray with you tonight. Make your way to the altars tonight. We'll believe that there is a God that is something destined for you, that he's called you out. Lord Jesus, Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, my blood flowed and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. We thank you, God, that you have sealed us, Lord, that you have covered us with your blood and you have put your anointing over us, oil over us, God. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you stay faithful to us when we have turned our back on you. Lord, I pray right now that you deliver those that have walked into this place with things that didn't belong to them, that they, have, they will walk out of this place free, that they will walk out of this place lighter, that they will walk out of this place delivered and feel the calling of God over their lives right now. Lord, I thank you for your hand. I thank you for the mercy that you have extended over us. Lord, purify our hearts, purify our minds. Restore us, God. Restore us right now, Jesus. 
Lord, we love you. We give you all praise and honor tonight. Lord Jesus, we lift up your name. Lord Jesus, I am clean, Lord Jesus. I am clean. 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 I am found in you. I am clean. I am restored. I am brought back as a child of God. I am brought back to your presence. I am brought back into your presence, Lord Jesus. That you heal me. That you sanctify me. That I walk in the righteousness of God. That I walk in the authority of God. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Lord Jesus, heal us. Make us whole, Jesus. Lord, let me reach out to you tonight, Jesus. I am clean, I am clean, I am clean. wake up tomorrow morning that we remember that we are clean that we remember that we are yours that we are yours and yours alone God Lord we give our life to you tonight Lord we give this moment to you that we will be marked that we will walk out of this place cleaned and restored by your hand Lord, we give you all praise and honor tonight, Lord. Allow us to walk in that purpose. Allow us to walk in that calling. Lord, that there is no devil that can steal it from us, that there is no lie of darkness. There is no past sin that can keep us from you. Lord, we walk in your power. We walk in your authority tonight. We give you all praise and honor tonight. We lift up your name tonight, Lord. We love you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Take time to fellowship, love one another.